Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a, what is it, a teaching tutorial Tuesday? Yeah, kind of. We got Greg Cosell since we did the Darren Waller podcast on Sunday. We decided to do Greg Cosell today, also because Greg is traveling later in the week. We'll get to that a little bit later. So, yeah, it's a teaching tutorial Tuesday, I suppose, this week. Presented, of course, by DraftKings. You know how much we love those dudes. Speaking of love, I cannot wait to go over the week one betting lines with Steve Fezzik later today on the Even Money podcast. You can hear right away. What Steve and I think of your team's game in week one and whether or not we would make a wager at this juncture. So check out the Even Money podcast today. We went over, by the way, the AFC West draft choices on the College Draft podcast yesterday. Today, Greg Cosell and I will go over the NFC South NFL draft choices. Spread the word, winner. will be the next podcast already. At Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. What the heck? Let's do TikTok one more week. One more week of TikTok at Ross Tucker NFL, trying to grow that bad boy. So go ahead. Then we'll have the sponsor confirmation email winner. You know we love you guys that take advantage of the sponsors you see over at RossTucker.com. And the YouTube shout-out, YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, always love talking with our guy, Greg Cosell, 43 years at NFL Films. Two things before we get to the NFC South picks. First of all, Greg, why are we doing this on a Tuesday? You said, Ross, I can't do next week. I'm traveling. I said, no, (laughs) we will move you to earlier in the week. I need my Greg Cosell. I need Joel Swisher to reply on YouTube. Happy Greg Cosell Day. So I can't go without you. So where, what's the travel later in well, the week, Greg? It's how fortuitous we're doing the NFC South today because first I'm going to New Orleans where I'll be going to the Saints OTAs. Uh, that's first. And then I'm actually traveling out to L.A. Steve Clarkson, who some might know, was really kind of the first quarterback guru, the first quarterback instructor. And he has a camp every year over Memorial Day weekend. And what he does is he brings in college quarterbacks as 
mentors slash coaches. And I get an opportunity to sit down with these college quarterbacks and talk to them individually and spend time with them. And it's a really good experience because obviously many of them uh, get to the NFL. Last year, I spent a lot of time with Bryce Young. I spent a lot of time with Sam Howell at the event. This year, Bryce Young will be there again. He's from Southern California, as is C.J. Stroud. He'll be there as well. Um, So there's a number of college quarterbacks that are there. And actually, from what I understand, I believe Ohio State's receiver Jackson Smith Najigba will be there as well. People probably remember him in the Rose Bowl putting up, I don't know, 350 yards, something like that. So it's really a good experience, an opportunity for me to really meet and interact with a lot of these college quarterbacks who will, of course, be in the NFL sooner than later. Yeah, that's awesome. Remind me next week to just ask anybody that really stood out to you, you know, just talking with them. That That is awesome. That's cool that you go out to that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about before we get, I guess there's a couple maybe veterans, Jadavion Clowney. Resigned. Well, I'll talk about it later with the Browns. One year, eleven million. I got to be honest with you, Greg. I didn't realize he had nine sacks last year. Yeah, he had well, a pretty nice year opposite Garrett. Well, I think he's in a good spot because it's a good defense with a good D line. They use him properly. They move him around. We know from his career that he's not a pure edge pass rusher. He's always had a lot of success as a movement D lineman, even as a joker standing up, looking for matchups. He's very good inside working against guards and centers. It's not that he can't rush from the edge, but that's not what he's best at. Uh, And he's a very, very strong run defender. He's, he's, he's strong and explosive, just not bendy and flexible. So it's a really good spot for him. You probably saw the reports. The people were saying, well, he turned down three years at more money. You and I both know that's not true because if he turned, if he got three years at more money, he would have signed for three years for more money. So, you know, he's 28 years old and he was not in high, high demand because he's not a pure edge player. He's a really good piece And don't forget, they've got Miles Garrett, who's arguably the best edge player in the NFL. So he's on a defense that's really good, and he's a really important piece to that defense. And he did have a good season a year ago. Greg, I think we might be be doing this for 10 years now. It might be 10 years. And I know we've talked about this guy a lot. But I honestly don't remember the last time we talked about him. How do you explain Nick Foles? (laughs) Greg, how how do you explain the really good and the really bad uh, that we've seen from Foles? You know, that's a tough question because I think everybody knows what he is. When you talk to coaches, they will pretty much tell you what Nick Foles is, that he's a lower level starter and probably best served as a backup. And he had a couple of you know, really impressive stretches in the NFL, certainly that one year with Chip Kelly, and then obviously the Super Bowl run where he started five or six games and played very well, obviously. Um, But I think that the consensus clearly is that he's a lower level starter and a really good backup. And that if your quarterback goes down, that you can put him out there. He can run your offense. Uh, He's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He's going to take the throws that are there. Not a whole lot more than that. That's really what Nick Foles is with every coach you talk to. Let's get to the draft picks in the NFC South. Not many other people do this. It's important. It talks about the organization, their depth chart, their philosophy. It matters. 
Let's start with the Atlanta Falcons, Greg, in the NFC South. <clears throat> and I do want to start. You know what I love about the Falcons draft? I know most of these guys. Like, I love <laughs> them a bunch. You know, like, sometimes there's guys, there's drafts where I don't know a whole lot of the guys. Most of these guys, I mean, Evan Cady, I watched every snap. Troy Anderson, I did a Montana State game. I've done Desmond Ritter. I've done a Cincinnati game. I've done multiple Western Kentucky games with D'Angelo Malone. So I think the Falcons just wanted me to have more to talk about. Let's start, though, with Drake London. First receiver off the board, Greg, was the big guy. You know, I'm skeptical of guys that they tell me how many great contested catches they make in college. I'm sorry, I just am. Well, Again, we'll start with Drake London, but overall, I really liked what they did. But you have to think of it this way. First of all, Drake London, I I did not view him as the the best receiving prospect in this draft. Um, I think Drake London is a good prospect. I did not see the the comparisons that many made, many that, that we respect, Ross, making the comparisons to a Mike Evans or a Mike Williams as a boundary X vertical player. I did not see Drake London as that player. But I'll tell you a couple of things that are interesting. They then went and got Brian Edwards, who who I really liked coming out of South Carolina. It did not work out for whatever reason with the Raiders. He was hurt a lot. Um, but they also have Kyle Pitts, who we know is essentially a positionless player. He's a receiver. He can line up anywhere. So now they have two players in Pitts and London who essentially can line up anywhere. And I think that's the way they see their offense. I don't think they see London purely as an outside player. I think he could be phenomenal as a big slot. Uh, and that's what London to me is more than a true outside player. Um but I think they made some other picks that are really good. I mean, Ebiketti, to me, is a really good edge pass rusher. He's not tall, but he has exceedingly long arms, and he knows how to use them to rush the quarterback, and he has bend and flexibility to him. Anderson and Malone, those are guys, it's hard to know what they'll give you as rookies because they're smaller school players, but Anderson is big, highly athletic, still learning how to play linebacker because he only played it full-time this past year. So we'll see. Um, D'Angelo Malone was a player whose tape I really, really liked. Another smaller school player, Western Kentucky. I think that he could probably play sooner than later, even though he's a smaller school player. Well, it felt like he was at Western Kentucky forever. I feel like three or four years ago, he was like the conference defensive player of the year. I know we talked about him previously, Greg, uh, quite a bit in the pre-draft process. But your thoughts on Desmond Ritter in Arthur Smith's offense? Because I guess, look, I'm not the quarterback guru, Greg, you are. But I feel like I can kind of see Ritter doing some of the things Mariota did and doing some of the things that Tannehill did. I feel like he's – I can see Ritter being a Tannehill type. Well, it's funny you say that because – Here's what I said uh, in my transition about Ritter, and obviously I have no idea who's going to draft these players when I evaluate them. I said, my sense is Ritter is best suited to begin his career in an offense with a run game foundation in which play action and RPO concepts are meaningful parts of the equation. 
And we know that that's what Arthur Smith believes in. So I think Ritter, because he does have some flaws and weaknesses that must be cleaned up. It's why he was a third round pick, because everybody will tell you that they love the kid and he has what it takes upstairs, um, both mentally and just in terms of demeanor and poise and composure always stood out on film. So this is a good spot. The one other player I want to mention before we move on is Tyler Algier from BYU. They got him in the fifth round and we know that Arthur Smith wants to run the ball and He's a good back, you know, and I think he's a foundation type back. I think he's a volume type runner given his size. So it would not surprise me to see Tyler Algier become a meaningful part of this offense. Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers who took a favorite of mine that they really had to take out of NC State with the sixth pick and Icky Ikwanu. Then no second round pick. Yeah. Round three, Matt Corral, the quarterback for Mississippi. Round four, Brandon Smith, the linebacker from Penn State, Greg. Yeah, well, obviously they felt that there was not a quarterback in this draft that they felt worthy of taking with the sixth pick in the draft. So they took Iguanu. And, you know, the thing about Matt Rule, and, and I don't know if you know Matt Rule, obviously he coached at Temple here in Philadelphia, but Matt Rule would really like to play physically and run the ball and have that be the starting point. And we know Iguanu is so good as a run blocker. I mean, when you watch his tape, he is violent. He gets after people. I thought he was the best run blocking offensive lineman that I watched. Um, and I think it's going to start there with this offense. Hopefully, McCaffrey is healthy. I think an under-the-radar signing was Deontay Foreman, who played very, very well for Tennessee a year ago when Derrick Henry went down, and he'll be their second back. The other player I just want to briefly mention before I just say something about Corral, I really liked Cade Mays' tape out of the University of Tennessee. He was the sixth pick for them, and Mays played tackle at Tennessee. I think he's a guard, and it would not surprise me if he ends up being a starting guard for this team. I think he has that kind of talent. He's tenacious, he's physical, and he's competitive. Um, then let's get to Corral. Corral has publicly talked about his issues, so they're out there. The fact that he had an alcohol issue, a depression issue. My guess is that's why he dropped to the third round. They clearly liked Matt Corral. And I think within the context of what they want to do, he could fit. But we know they do not want to play him early for many, many reasons. But Corral has a snap whip delivery, very compact, throws the ball well, a ton of RPO and quick game play action concepts at Ole Miss. That was basically the foundation of what he did. So there'll be much to learn from Matt Corral. You know, the point I would make about Brandon Smith. Oh, go ahead. Because I, yeah. Very physically gifted. Um, I really struggled watching him play uh, last year. He, Great point, Bruce. You're right on top of it. You nailed it. Super physical gifts, over 6'3", 250. Looks the part as well as any linebacker you could see. Does not play that way. I, I... I'm sure he's a great kid. I can't stand watching him play. Um, He doesn't get off blocks. Nope. He doesn't read things well. And the the worst part about it is like he, he he like makes tackles 10 yards downfield, like stands over guys. I, uh, to use a Cosell term, I struggled. (laughs) 
Very frustrating player to watch because you see the size and the movement and you think this guy should be a dominant player. If somebody can get it out of him, obviously Carolina, they drafted him. You have a a perfect three-down linebacker if somebody can get it out of him. If not, if he's the same player that he was at Penn State, he's not going to have a long career in the NFL. He's a good example of a guy. I don't ever begrudge a guy going to the NFL, ever. But he really could have used another year. Um, yeah. I think he thinks because he was a five-star recruit. Yeah, which he was. Because right. he was the year after Micah Parsons. I think he thinks he's like Micah and – He's not. I mean, he's no. just – It's uh, you're right. I was disappointed in his development. I had high expectations for him. Let's get to the Saints. Man, I feel like we've already spent a lot of time on Olave, Greg, for whatever reason. Well, um, when we let ra- me put it to, to you this way. He's yeah. in as good a situation as he could be in. Um, I think he's a certain kind of receiver. We've discussed him. People who listen know that. I do not believe he's a number one big-time alpha dog type but now look who he's with michael thomas apparently is healthy and from what i understand will be at the saints otas this week they signed jarvis landry so they have thomas and landry who are two alpha dogs okay so now olave is your number three the smooth fluid vertical dimension receiver does not have to be your third down receiver does not have to make the tough catches which by the way he did not do at penn state um, so now you have those two receivers, Thomas Landry, even Marquez Calloway, who was forced to play a lot of snaps a year ago and played very well for the Saints and is a big physical receiver. So Chris Olave could not be in a better spot to be an effective, productive receiver within the context of their team. Love the way Trevor Penning, the 19th overall pick, plays. I would not be surprised if he had some issues early on in pass protection. I'll I would be agree. curious to see how that goes. But they have Hurst, who has just been a really solid player at a bunch of positions. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't put, I mean, you can put a price on it, but Hurst, guys like that, very valuable. What do you know about Alante Taylor in the second round, the corner from Tennessee, Greg, if anything? I loved Alante Taylor's tape. Um, Alante Taylor is long. He can run. He ran a 4-3-6. He's over six feet. He's physical. He's competitive. <clears throat> I mean, look, Paulson Adebo started opposite Lattimore a year ago, and Adebo had a very, very good season playing over 75% of the defensive snaps. So they like Adebo, but I loved Alante Taylor's tape. They obviously saw something in him or you don't draft him in the second round. I do think he can play in the slot as well, but they also have one of the best slot corners in the game in C.J. Gardner Johnson. So I don't know how much run Taylor will get this year, but he'll be a special teams demon because he's that kind of guy. Um, but I love the, the player on tape. When you get to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their first pick was the 33rd pick. This is a favorite of mine. Logan Hall from Houston. That guy, uh, Greg, I, I think he's a football player. I mean, I, I watched him against UConn and I watched tape of him. He reminds me of – so I'll be curious to see where he fits in because he kind of reminded me more of like a 3-4 DN. So I'll be curious to see where he fits in. But long, strong, yep. uh, really good with his hands, ex- locking out. I mean, he he destroyed UConn and some of the tapes I watched. I, I really thought he was a good player. I'll be curious to see how he fits into their D. I loved his tape. I thought he was – 
to be honest with you, I thought he was the best three technique prospect in this draft. I liked him more than Devonta Wyatt. And I guess we'll see how it plays out when they start playing in the league. But Hall played both outside and inside. We know that Todd Bowles moves people around. We've seen Vita Vea and and Sue, who's, who I guess is unsigned now. But in the past, we've seen Vea and Sue play wide nine defensive end in Todd Bowles' fronts. And Hall can play both inside and outside. And you're right about Strong. He jars interior offensive linemen coming off the ball. He's very explosive in a short area. Um, Two other picks I really like to mention, Kate Otten and Rashad White. Rashad White was their third pick. I thought after James Cook, he was the best receiving back in this draft class. And I think that that was a really interesting pick for them because obviously Brady's back. They're going to throw the ball. We know how much Brady threw it to Leonard Fournette. Um, a lot of checkdowns. White's an outstanding receiver and, a, and at 215 pounds. Kate Otten was a tight end who did not have big numbers at Washington. They, their quarterback situation was not great this year, but I really like Kate Otten. I think there's so much more to unleash and unlock with that kid. And obviously, right now, I guess we don't know about Gronk's situation, but you know, neither do they, I guess. But I think Kate Otten was a really good pick and a player that could really develop uh, once he gets more reps in the NFL. Check him out on social media, at Greg Cosell. He's excellent. He's all over the place, New Orleans and California this week. Looking forward to hearing about it next week. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, and I appreciate Athletic Greens. You know why? Because I'm not the biggest fan of eating vegetables. I try to, but why not just drink your veggies? I mean, as soon as I heard heard about this, I was surprised I hadn't found out about this early. Then everybody I talked to, my buddy BJ and his wife PJ, um, Andrew Brandt, it seems like everybody I talked to takes Athletic Greens. Why not? They probably all heard about it on podcasts like this. You're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which is amazing. To make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Ross. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Ross to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. There's a reason. Why they have over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's less than three bucks a day. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Tux Takes. Morning, Ross. Let's start today with Jadevian Clowney. Signs that one-year deal you and Greg alluded to earlier. Worth up to $11 million with the Cleveland Browns. Well, it makes sense, I really felt like, for both sides. The Browns needed another defensive lineman, another disruptive player to be in the mix along with Miles Garrett. Had to have it. And... Clowney, that feels like it was his best year in a long time. So, And by the way, these other reports that Greg referenced of multiple years, more money, 
there's so many funny money contracts now where like on the second or third year they have a balloon salary so you can say you're making 15 million a year but you're never going to see that last year that what's the point who cares this is real money he's getting this year takes. according to jared bell the nfl owners are quote counting votes as it relates to dan snyder what does that mean well, it means I think they're tired of the commanders, Washington, being in the news for the wrong reasons. I think especially if the impropriety is corroborated as it relates to his financial dealings and essentially stealing money from the other owners, I think he'll be gone. I think it's hard to get rid of an owner, but I think he would be gone if that um, – if that ends up being the case, I don't know that it will be, but if that ends up being the case, I think he would be gone. And man, can you imagine being a fan of the commanders? You like, there's nothing you would want more than Daniel Snyder to not be the owner anymore. Like even more than a franchise quarterback. What a, what a horrible place to be if you're Snyder and you grew up a fan of the team. And now everybody else that's a fan of the team just can't stand you and just wants you out. Speaking of the commanders, they buy land 45 minutes south of D.C. in Virginia, $100 million, and this obviously going towards a new stadium. Yeah, so many thoughts here. Number one, I, I don't really believe in coincidences. I do believe that this news came out the day after the counting votes report because Washington wanted it to come out to try to change the conversation from Snyder's improprieties to the new stadium. I feel like they do this all the time. They always have like some news ready in case something else negative comes out about the team. And there's another example right here, Brian. Other than the people that maybe live in Dumfries, I feel like this would be the last place everybody else would want the stadium to be. I mean, it's just, they would want D.C., maybe Northern Virginia. This is pretty far south. It's um, sometimes I feel like the organization and look, I don't know enough about the land and where they could get other land, but sometimes I feel like that organization, uh, Bri, it's like they think about what their fans would want and then they do the opposite. It's frustrating as a guy that played there not once, but twice. I have an affinity for Washington. Ducks takes. Nick Foles signs a two-year deal with the Indianapolis Colts and the Niners signed Tyler Croft. So it's interesting that Foles would choose to go to the Colts. I guess, you know, he's at the stage where he clearly doesn't have any place to go where he can compete, right? Like he went to Jacksonville to start. Then he was able to go to Chicago and compete and get to play. He's past that. So I think he just wanted to go somewhere where he likes the coaches and he knows it. He likes Frank Reich. He trusts him. Colts have a pretty good team. Probably likes Matt Ryan. Happy to be a backup. If Matt Ryan gets hurt, he's in a good situation. Kind of like he was in in Philly. That makes sense to me. Tyler Croft, I've always felt like, by the way, Tyler Croft's a Southeast PA guy. He's from Downingtown uh, East High School, I think, maybe West. But, um, He's a guy that I've always thought was a really, really solid player. And the Niners want to have another tight end 
in the mix, obviously, with Kittle. Speaking of really, really solid, Ufos footwear has changed my life. It's designed for active recovery however you train. Basically, they have this technology that absorbs impact so your body doesn't have to. It's cushioned and performance footwear. They had this patented footbed. I don't know how to describe it other than it's the softest footwear you will have ever stepped in. That's how I would describe it. I don't care if you're a construction worker, nurse. I don't care what you are. I'm, I'm none of these things. I'm UFOs for life. UFOs, amazing active recovery footwear. Get in on that. Ducks takes. Kansas City Chiefs cornerback Legereus Sneed's car shot up in Louisiana. And more details emerge from Dwayne Haskins' tragic passing. So... I guess I don't know what to say about the Snead thing other than a lot of people can't imagine being from somewhere where cars get shot up, where your cars get shot. I mean, a lot of people obviously live in suburbs and whatever, rural areas. Like, you know, some of these guys are from really, really rough areas where people will shoot up your cars and it makes it all the more impressive that they were able to make it to the NFL and get out. And I hope that they can, I don't know that stay out is the right term, but I hope that they can put their family in a better position than they were in. As for Haskins, I saw a lot of reports out there. Evidently his blood alcohol level was over 0.2 and there were some, I don't know, like anesthetic or something. He had a couple different drugs in his system that I'm not familiar with. I don't know. I've seen some reports. I've seen some various discussion as to whether or not the NFL and pro football talk around the NFL should be reporting this stuff. I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's the coroner. It's news. The coroner issued a report, um, so they publicize it. That's what happens when when someone passes, and he's a – NFL quarterback. So they relayed the information. His wife also released a statement about it. And finally, Hard Knocks in season will feature the Arizona Cardinals. That could be interesting, especially when you consider that Kyler Murray is not participating in OTAs right now. You know, It's weird. I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. On the one hand, I don't really, like, it doesn't bother me if people don't go to OTAs. If veteran, you know, it's completely their right. On the flip side, starting quarterback's a little bit different. And that's even if Brady's not there, whoever. Like, starting quarterback, it just sort of changes the tone and tenor of practice. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's fine. It just, it doesn't really feel the same if the starting quarterback's not there. That's kind of my reaction to that. My other reaction is that I love all of our patrons, patreon.com slash RT Media, especially Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Evergreen Economics, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, HumanHeadNYC.com. Later today, 
NFL Week 1 betting lines with Fezzik. Tomorrow, let's go over Joe Dolan's rookie quarterback rankings from a fantasy perspective. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.